We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello and happy Friday! Another episode of Pack a Day. Um, I'm Shanna. Oh, hey, it's Shanna on all the socials, and we have Monty and Nathan here as well. Welcome back. What's going on, everyone? What's going on? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was off last week. I had sinus surgery. All good now. I can breathe through both nostrils. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm excited to be back. And obviously, I, well, truthfully, I lined it up with the Packers bye week. So I only missed working the Monday night game. And then I would right. have you know, that whole spread. So that worked out nicely. And it was so, it was such a weird feeling for me that I didn't have to come to the station to work the game. I'm like, this is so weird to watch the games on my couch. Like this is (laughs) such a bizarre feeling, even though I kind of wish I wasn't home to watch that Bills Giants game because that was ugly. Oh yeah, that was not good. That was not entertaining. I mean, it was a good game, but it was ugly. It was disgusting and it was embarrassing (laughs) and it was horrible. And I kept thinking, Maybe I should just be at work whenever the Bills play. <laughs> whenever I'm working a Packer game, the Bills crush it. Whenever I'm watching them, it's either A, dreadfully boring, or B, they lose to like the Jags and almost <laughs> lose to the Giants. So I feel like 
the Bills are the team that I can never tell if they're like the best team in the league or if they're complete frauds. And yeah. it's like every every week you're kind of like, oh my God, like they won 40 to three this week. Like they are the team to beat. You know, they destroy the Dolphins. They're amazing. And then you're like, they're struggling to beat the Giants. They lose to the Jags. <laughs> they lose to the Jets week one. It's just like, they're so random. It's like, you can never get a gauge on them. Yes, absolutely. And that'll kind of tie into our Packer talk today because I have PTSD from these kind of games with the Bills. The Bills are like when you go to the bar and it's almost closing time and you're like, is that person hot or is it the spotted cow? <laughs> you don't, cows? Know. You yeah, know, you you don't, don't know. know. You don't know until the next day after they've won or they lost the game and then you pick it apart. Um, but yeah, that is why I kind of have a little bit of PTSD from that with this upcoming game. Of course, um, the Packers heading to Denver, taking on the Broncos, 325 kickoff on Sunday because the Broncos do stink. And I hope that the Packers don't embarrass themselves like the Bills do when you go, oh, they should win this game, and then they stink. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a for – whatever, for whatever reason you wanted to give last week, if there's no excuses, because, like, the Raiders aren't good. You know, we don't think they're good. They're not a well-run team. Packers had 10 days off, so you're thinking there's no way they should lose. Ended up not looking good and losing. Um, but now that you've had a full week off, you're facing a worse team. Yeah, this is one of those, and I, I briefly said it before we started recording, if they can't look good all around and play a complete game against this team, then I think the perception or what our expectations are, even for enjoying how the players are going to develop, takes a huge hit if they lose this game. Yeah, if they, like, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to tell, like, for sure how many points they should put up like you can't guarantee because there's times you're going to move the ball well but you might get stopped in the red zone a little bit or you might whatever like that kind of happened to the chiefs against the broncos last game they only put up i think it was 19 19 yeah yeah 19 against them so it's like but they moved the ball pretty well they had 389 total yards of offense so it's like they they weren't you know they weren't like they they couldn't move the ball it wasn't like that the defense completely completely uh shut them down it's just that okay they got stopped in the red zone a little bit didn't put up as many points so I'm not like I can't completely gauge it based on points because you don't know exactly how that's going to happen. But if they can't put up 300 yards of offense, you know, it's just that. Yeah. Like you said, that's <laughs> when you start to say that's when you start to say, OK, we have to just kind of drastically shift our, our expectations. Like this is not going to be a middle of the pack team. This is going to be a bad team if, if they can't even put up 300 against the, the Broncos, because this team is like by far the worst defensive team in the league right now. One of the worst defensive teams in recent memory. Um, yeah, they're, they're like historically bad through six games or whatever, yeah, five games. It's, it's awful. And so, I mean, I was just, I was looking at their last five games, uh, thir- allowed 35 points and 388 yards to the commanders, then the 70 point 726 yard uh, allowing to the Dolphins. To the Bears, they allowed 28 points and 471 yards. To the Jets, they allowed 31 points and 407 yards. And then, yeah, the Chiefs didn't always make points, but still almost 400 yards. So, Packers haven't hit 300 in the last two games, but they better hit it this week because, yeah, this there's no excuses. There's like, and it's just hit 300 yards, hit probably 400 yards. There's going to be hopefully some offense to be had and some touchdowns and some, you know, just getting back to our rhythm offensively because this is the team to play if you want to get back in rhythm offensively. Yeah, I mean, and to put it into perspective how bad they've been, I mean, even if you wanted to say, okay, that ridiculous game against Miami where they allowed 70 points and 700 yards. Oh, is that skewing the numbers? 
no, the rest of those are all really bad too. So like they're, they have earned being this bad. They don't have any outlier poor performances. I actually, I actually took out that game. I was looking at their stats per game and I was like, what would happen if you took, just took out the Dolphins game? Like that game never happened. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, just take that game out. They're still allowing 383 yards a game, (laughs) 137 rushing yards and 27 points a game. Yeah. That's horrible. We just love not to, not to throw multiple interceptions. Just, I mean, if Aaron Jones, if he's playing and just go, just go. Yeah. The the one thing that is going to be really interesting, and this has, you know, no bearing on, you know, the 2023 team, but it's just one of those historical things. The Packers generally don't play well in Denver. The only time they've won there is that game that we all remember on Monday night where Favre won it on like the first play of overtime. That's the only win they've ever had in Denver. And we remember last time they were in Denver, that kind of exposed Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. And he was bad the rest of the year. Um, and it kind of like was the end of the McCarthy era in a way. Cause he didn't like, he didn't play good nearly as good after that game. Um, but it's didn't, just one of those. Didn't he have like 77 yards in that game or something? It, yeah. It was Rodgers. awful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I don't even, I, I remember it being terrible. Yeah. It was definitely under a hundred. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, this is just like a, like you were saying, you kind of have PTSD and just like you have an, a weird feeling about the game. All of that stuff just kind of like piles into it. But I think that's more nervousness as fans and kind of paranoia because, yeah, like Nathan just put the numbers out there. They're not good at all. And even though we're unsure how much better, the, how good or how bad the Packers are, I mean, th- there's no reason they shouldn't have their best game on offense. And I think offense is under the microscope because, again, last week they didn't – the defense was fine. I mean, they didn't lose because of the defense. They had 17 points. So right now the defense is, quote-unquote, carrying its weight. So this has to be on the offense on Sunday to win the game. And we have – I mean, we don't know, obviously, because this is airing on Friday. We're recording on Wednesday, but kind of looking at – you know, who's been practicing, who's been limited, the line or the line, the uh, list is not short. So, and we still don't know if Aaron Jones is going to play. So fingers crossed that, you know, all that goes through, but um, I mean, that's going to have a lot to do with it as well. Seeing who is actually going to be out there on the field, like who is going to be playing. And obviously, I mean, I've never been to this stadium, but I've heard it's crazy. Like the fans are, it's, it's loud and all that. Yeah. And of course you have, you know, the altitude issues too. And, you know, you have all that to deal with. It's just, it, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I think, again, I have PTSD. I'm being the negative one. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm hoping for the best for them. Yeah. I, I think I was just, gonna, I was just gonna talk about the injury report. Just, because we have the initial one for the week, that's all we've got. But the good yeah. thing is everybody that's on it at least participated. I mean, it, it basically just like Devondre Campbell didn't, I think. Yeah, he was the um, only one that didn't practice. Everyone else was limited, like Zane Anderson, Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Savage, Stokes, Quay Walker, and Devontae Wyatt. So, yeah, I mean, really good signs that guys like Gary, Watson, and Jair aren't on the report at all anymore. So, I mean, that all that's good. And like Zach Tom, because we know he was playing hurt. Um, in that Monday night game, his knee's been kind of iffy. So the fact that he's not on the report is good too. So who knows? Maybe we see James Robinson. Yeah, just signing him for the Jets <laughs> and the Jags. We'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, I mean, regardless of who's playing, you know, 
still no excuse for this defense to to not move the ball against them. I mean, you could put you put a high school team against this defense, I feel like, and you could put up thirty points. So yeah. well, I mean, I, I I just want to see them move the ball well. I want to see things it could be a close game. I'm not saying it's gonna for sure be a blowout. I mean, we again we just saw the Broncos have a pretty close game with the Chiefs. Um you know, that, if they, that game was more like the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Like, it's kind of like that kind of scenario in my eyes. I mean, yeah. no, it was great, you know, like, but I understand what you're saying. It was still like a little bit of a nail biter for Chiefs fans being like, is this really happening against the Broncos? Yeah, like I'm not I'm not going into this game saying we better win by three touchdowns or else we are terrible. Like, no, I could see a world where, OK, they're moving the ball well. Things are flowing well offensively. They get stopped a couple times in the red zone for us for field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, the, the Broncos offense doesn't completely suck. It's not good, but it, it's not awful. They've had some decent moments like Russ's numbers have been OK. So I could see a world where the Broncos put up. 17 ish points and, you know, 17 to 20. And it's like, OK, this is a relatively close game. I just want to see us like the, the main thing as we've, we've harped on already multiple times. Like I just want to see them move the ball, not have the troubles that they've had offensively. Like there is absolutely no reason that they should have that against this team. The running game should be fine. The passing game should be fine. I don't care who's out there. Um, it, it should be okay. And they should be able to move the ball. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I kind of wanted to ask you guys this, I know it's like lame, but I don't care. Um, you know, obviously they're going to Denver. Do you have any, predictions for the game that is like a, are you high kind of prediction like are you are you are you doing are you smoking grass um okay so i'm gonna and maybe this isn't that crazy because of who they're playing but it's crazy just because of how they've looked lately but i'm gonna say that jordan love has a four touchdown game wow okay i was gonna go with whoever is the starting running back has a three touchdown game Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's get both. That'd be awesome. That's hey, seven I'm touchdowns. In. I mean, that'd yeah, be awesome. I'm in. <laughs> uh, we saw it. We... Go ahead. No, I say my prediction is that the defense scores more than the offense. Does. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. We do not. Yeah, want if, it'd be a big if, game to die here. I mean, this, unless, this is... unless the offense puts up like 40 and the defense somehow scores like 40, <laughs> 42, and you're like, oh, we put up 80 points. Look at that. Eat it, Dolphins. Eat it. This is this is one of those this is one of those, you know, you never take any win for granted in the NFL, like all the wins matter, all that. And there's blah, blah, blah. There's no style points. But this is one they can't just like eat out a win. And, you know, they can't get into a they can't make this like a low scoring, you know, like they only score 20 points again. I think. If they want to, if they want to feel good about where they are, or they think they're going to be like by the end of the year, this has to be a like we got our swagger back kind of game, or we got it. Period. Because like again, they did have it week one. Obviously, like they were flying high, looked really good against the Bears, but obviously that appears to be related to who they were playing more so than what they executed. So if they you have another one of those, I think you almost have to win like that this weekend and yeah i mean i mentioned before like i could see this being a relatively close game but i do want to see them that doesn't have to mean that we aren't in control throughout the game like we can we can have a lead throughout we can be up three to ten points you know and and just kind of keep a lead and not get to a point where we're you know we're trailing and we're trying to come back and we're like you said eking out a win like i if we win this game 
30 to 21, you know, even though that's not some crazy margin and it's not like a blowout, I'm completely fine with that because it's like, okay, the offense obviously then looked pretty good if they were able to put up 30 and as you know, if they were, if they were kind of in control throughout, like I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. We are only one point favorites, which is like, damn, you know, wild. I was looking at that too. I'm like, Ooh, that is rough. That's a, that's a, the heart, which again, I mean, everyone Vegas knows that the Broncos defense is terrible but their offense hasn't been awful and obviously our offense has been bad lately so it's like based on how we've been playing lately it's not it's not that crazy to to think that you know on the road a team could beat us but it's just it feels like it feels like we the Packers we don't know that they could you know we don't we don't know like oh the Packers could win or lose to any team like we don't know that they could win against any team right now but it definitely feels like we could lose to anyone so those odds kind of reflect that, right? They're like, well, Packers are the road team and they're the better team, but they could lose to anyone. So one point favorite feels just about right. Except except the Bears. I feel like no matter who we yeah. put out there, we're beating. Them. Like I <laughs> yeah. don't care. I don't care if we have zero NFL players out on there. If it's a team <laughs> named the Packers against a team named the Bears, it's over in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they have the Vikings next week too. So fingers crossed we can get two in a row, right? I mean, the, it, it's crazy to me that the Packers are second in NFC North, and their record is two and three. Like, yeah, this, what? this is a this is that kind of stretch where last year we thought you know we would build a bunch of wins early when you know the five games in a row that we lost. I think we probably all assumed they would have won <laughs> last year. Yeah. So this is that kind of weak part of the schedule also because you had the Raiders who were bad, but unfortunately you lost to them. Now you have Denver, who's terrible, and then Minnesota, who doesn't have – they're not going to have Justin Jefferson or Marcus Davenport in that Packers game because they're both on IR. So it is what appears to be a soft spot of the schedule right now. Um, and I just did – I wanted to do something because I was really interested in this while, while you guys were talking, and I wish I didn't because I made myself sad. <laughs> so A.J. Dillon in his career has pay, played 50 games, right? James Robinson has played 39. AJ Dillon in his career has 2,009 rushing yards, and James Robinson has 2,262. Oh. <laughs> Dude, he was a beat. He was a beat. Uh, yeah, his rookie year, he was really good. Yeah. But that's was- like that for, for AJ Dillon to be running back number two and in a system where they like splitting a lot of time with their running backs. Yeah, that's, that's I, not I what I wanted to say. I felt bad for AJ Dillon when he was like tending to his farm and people were just like, <laughs> ripping him apart. They're like, maybe you should tend to the football field. I'm like, this guy is just trying to raise his crops and everyone's just I'm, I'm, it. I am glad he did it on a bye week though. Because yeah, if it wasn't during the bye week, he would have gotten it even worse. Yeah, yeah but even so, he was still getting it bad. There there were there were at least signs of life last week. He didn't look totally bad against the, the Raiders. I, he had some it was, I think it was the best he looked this year, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That yeah. He had that one drive where they, they just gave it to him over and over and over again. And yeah. that kind of, you know, seemed to like lather him up and get him going. And he does seem like that kind of kind of back. Like the, the more he carries it, the better he'll get. Or, you know, as we get later into the year now, he's like more of the cold weather running back, you would assume. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just Aaron Jones is just not only is he way too effective, he's far and away the most effective part of your offense all season. And he hasn't played in it very much, which is not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just so good and he makes such a big difference right now with this team. Uh, he should be getting all of those carries and, you know, you get the, you get the idea behind it. Save Aaron Jones late for late in the game 
or, you know, as we get later in the season, he'll be able to get more carries, but you, you're not operating even nearly good enough for another guy to hold you over to bring him back in. I don't know about you guys, but fall is the absolute busiest time of year for me. Besides the obvious craziness of football season, it's also back to school, soccer season for the kids, and just a never-ending stream of things to do on the to-do list. And that busyness makes it extremely difficult for me to get wholesome, healthy meals. And far too often, I'm settling for less nutritious alternatives. If you're feeling that busyness like I am, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. If you're looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season, try their delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Guys, my family and I have been eating these meals, and they are incredibly, incredibly good. Dead serious, you're going to enjoy them. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. And this for Lafleur, this is definitely you know if Aaron Jones is out there, this is definitely a like, don't f around with this with this game. <laughs> like I if if I see him like not giving the ball to Aaron Jones, and it's like dude, we are playing the Broncos. Like that team gave up 500 yards of rushing to the Dolphins. We saw them get like eviscerated multiple times this year on the ground. Um, it, like there is if if Aaron Jones is playing and he doesn't get you know at least like 15 carries on his own, it's like there I. I'm going to lose it. Like, do don't, you guys don't screw around? Do you guys think that there during this bye week? Well, I guess I'll ask what, what do you most want to see Matt LaFleur be like now after the bye? Cause they, he himself said, you know, we looked at everything. I looked at a bunch of tape and what I could steal from other teams over the bye week. So he clearly was, it seems to me going to make some changes. What do you hope they are? I, this sounds very rude, but I need him to get his emotions in check. I understand <laughs> that it's an emotional game. I get that. Listen, I scream from my couch. I've never played professional football. I get it. You know, it's an emotional thing. But my goodness, my dude, like he, I feel like that's such a big part too, is when you have a leader that is just not that he doesn't believe in this team, anything like that, but he's always so emotional. And I'm like, just get your head into the game and get a game plan going and believe in it. You know, it's almost like, I feel like he almost questions his own actions and it drives me bananas. So I hope that Matt LaFleur has drank the Kool-Aid, his own Kool-Aid at that. And I hope that he believes in himself and his team. That is what I would love to see from Matt LaFleur. I want to see, I feel like on first down, they've been pretty poor and they've been getting in bad situations on second and third down. And it's like, again, that's part of what's made it hard to judge, you know, Jordan Love and judge the offense as a whole is like, they they seem to be kind of just in bad situations constantly. And then they can't get out of those bad situations. And it's like, well, does that make them bad or are they just in a bad situation? So I'm hoping they can drop some better stuff. And as I've said, I've been frustrated because he's been so inconsistent with, feels like when they need to run more, he's not running enough. And then when they need to run less and go to the, the passing game, he's giving, you know, he's just handing the ball off too much. And, you know, they get, 
I think you talked about it last week where they had that throw to Watson and then it, they go, you know, run up the middle, run up the middle, and then a, a pass that was, you know, just nothing was there. And it's like, it just feels like they, they just are not able to hit the right buttons. I also think they're either sometimes too timid with letting Love kind of throw downfield, and then sometimes they're almost like letting him throw downfield too much or too, much. too far down the field. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his like his deep ball has not been good this year, and I'm like, I kind of want to see them go more in the intermediate stuff. Like he's been pretty good throwing intermediate stuff. I don't want to see them just not letting him do anything and throw you know one yard passes all game. Um, they've done that. Like there was a couple times where it seemed like they were just not letting him do anything, and then as I said, there's times where it's like, okay, he's not that good of a deep ball thrower. Let's not be throwing it 50 yards down the field. So um, more intermediate stuff, and then yeah, the, the first down stuff. Yeah, I, I like that today. I, I saw part of Jordan Love's interview at his locker, and he specifically said he he wants to focus on being more efficient in terms of like completions and not necessarily looking deep all the time. Um, and that ties into what I want to see is number one. Nathan hit it right on the head. They early in games, especially they're just always behind the sticks. It seems like, like the, you know, the first three drives and some of it's self-inflicted, right? They, unfortunately they've got too many holding penalties. They've got too many false starts. Yeah. When you're, you know, throwing a lot of balls behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, you're calling stretch run plays, you have AJ Dillon in the game, instead of just letting him like pound up the middle where presumably he would be more effective. Just, I want him to be putting the team in better situations. Like, I get it. Um, part of the job for tight ends, obviously, is to block. But I, I mean, I don't want um, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft responsible for running all the way to the other side of the line and blocking a Max Crosby. Like that's eventually sure they should be able to do those things. But I mean, right now, like they're not. That's not what they're good at. So if you're gonna have Musgrave in the game. Yeah, I mean, give him a bunch of targets. Like, and I get maybe wanting him to chip and stuff, but you can't call up a, you can't run a play designed for Musgrave to take Crosby out of the play. Like that, is think, like stuff like that. Yeah, and I just, I just looked up some numbers here really quick. Um, and this might not be the game to do it because they're playing the Broncos, but on first down, their rushes have been really ineffective and their passes have been more effective. They're the fifth most effective passing team on first down and they are 31st in rushing on first down. So it just feels like it, and it does feel like every time they're running the ball on first down, it's like, it's, it's either no gain or like a two yard gain. And then yep. you're just like, okay, it's second and eight. And then it's, you know, again, you're just, you're in a bad situation. And so I, again, this might not be the game to go away from running the ball on first down because it is the Broncos. I want to see them kind of feed their guys, especially if Jones is back. But and and Jones getting back will help that rushing number as well. But um, it just has not been effective on on first down. So yeah, yeah. And I think you could use that short passing game as your run game if you want. I mean, if if you mm-hmm. line up on first down and throw you know these quick short passes, run quick game, and now yeah, you have it second and six, second and five, but. It's not glamorous, but it's certainly going to be more effective than, yeah, like you said, getting zero to negative four yards on first down almost every third drive. So what do you guys think for score predictions? And by the way, I was pretty proud of myself. I was pretty close on the Raiders-Packers game when I was like, it's going to be low scoring, and I think the Raiders are going to win. So this time I'm going in with a Packer win because I'm on a hot streak of one game. Um, (laughs) Let it ride. I'm going, yeah. 
Packers country. Let's ride. Um, <laughs> I am going to go, but I am, I do think it's going to be uh, a close game, but I'm going to say Packers 21. I'm going to say 17 Broncos. I would be disappointed with 21 points, but again, I would too. I can't, I can't gate. I, I, again, it depends but, if it's 21 points and like, there's a couple of times where they're in the red zone and, you know, go forward and don't get it or whatever. That's different. But I'm assuming 21 means they didn't move the ball particularly well. But like, look at, I mean, again, it was the chiefs that beat the chiefs. Right. But they mm-hmm. only got 19 points against them. Yeah. Right, so that's right. why I'm going with, that's why I'm going with the 21, but I am going with Packer wins. So no one can be mad at me for that. Yeah. Honestly, what do you, you want to go? Um, all right. So I, I will say, depending on what happens in this game, it will be the last time that I predict the score based on what I know they can do <laughs> versus what they've been doing. So everything we just said about that Broncos defense, it's all true. I think I, I really do believe everyone that's been struggling took this week off and really looked inward and all the self scout and all the other coaching terms you or you know coach speak you want to use. So, so for the last time, possibly, I'm gonna. I think they should have a good offensive game. Like I said, my my crazy prediction was love for four touchdowns. So I'll back it up and go more realistic and say that he'll throw three as a realistic option. So I think love throws three TDs. I think the running game does go well in this game too. So I'm gonna say they score thirty. So I'll say I'm going to say 33 to I'm going to say 3320. Yours is is pretty close to mine, but this is definitely this is definitely like you said, it's it's the kind of the fork in the road. Like this is the game that if they are bad, you kind of are forced to go down the path of like we just have to adjust our expectations. We have to acknowledge that this is not a good team, not a good offense going forward. And, you know, again, instead of looking at the potential, just look at the reality of, you know, if they're not good against the Broncos, like that is just your bad. (laughs) So um, I am hoping, I think this will be a game where we get a little bit back on track where we're like, okay, you know, we're we're still an okay team. We're not, you know, we're, we're, we're not bad. We're not terrible. We're not going to go down that road yet. So Mine's close to yours. I'm thinking we win along the lines of like 30 to 21, um, maybe 30, 24, something in there. So I think we can put up 30. I think the running game, you know, I'm hoping we're in kind of control throughout and can just lean on the running game and we have a lead and um, really just, you know, run Jones and Dylan kind of into the ground a little bit and lean on that and just get a get a win and get 30 points, move the ball well, and everyone's everyone's going home ha- going home happy. Wait, can I can I change my crazy prediction because I think it's more fitting for where they're playing? Yes, Monty. Why? Like, tell us how high you are right now. Okay, so so Andrews Carlson has not missed the field goal this year. He's been the best rookie kicker, right? Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Okay. They're playing in Denver, where you obviously the altitude and all that means teams are willing to attempt longer field goals. I think the Packers 60. let. I think they let him. I think they let him kick a fifty-five plus yarder. I'm not okay. gonna say he's gonna make it, but I think they let him. I think they let him but, try. Yeah, yeah, no, that would that's pretty. That, that is pretty bold because I feel like they just haven't been that uh, aggressive with letting that stuff. Like, yeah, just kicking from fifty-five plus so far. So yeah, yeah. I, that's that's a good one. I like that. I like that. That's cute. Yeah, we we enjoy that. Okay, this was a question that just popped in my head too. If you were a fly on the wall in both Matt LaFleur's house and Sean Payton's house, which 
which coach do you think is like complete chaos in their home right now? Like cannot get their lives together, pacing and sweating because I think it's even though they have one more one more game, I think Matt Lafleur is just the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and Sean Payton's like he's like that dog in hell that's like everything's fine. <laughs> I yeah. think I, I think Matt LaFleur also because he's I think he even though how bad the Broncos have been, I think Matt LaFleur is closer to being on the hot seat than Sean Payton is just by by virtue of what the Broncos gave up to get Sean Payton. Like they they mortgaged their short term future to get him. So I mean they're not gonna fire him, but Matt's gotta and, be like, We better start winning on offense pretty soon. And- yeah. yeah, and and with how bad the Broncos have been, it just adds that pressure of like we have to look good in this game. Like yeah. if the offense is bad, it's gonna just throw that. It's just gonna be another log on the fire. It's gonna be like <laughs> this is gonna be a hundred times worse if they do not look good against the Broncos. So yeah, so funny. Um, okay, well I think that's that's all we've got for today. You guys, you guys, good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I hope that our are you high predictions. I hope at least one of them comes true. All three would be. It would be three rushing touchdowns. It would be a 55 plus field goal. And then what was the other one? Oh, I said that the defense was going to score more. Oh, score, oh, oh, yeah, the yeah. Offense. <laughs> four four touchdowns from Jair. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> it's going to be a great game. Um, oh, this was another thing. Sorry, I keep saying, oh, and then this. Oh, and then this. Um, on Twitter, I, I can't not call it Twitter. It's always going to be. I will never Twitter. not call it that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Twitter. I can't not, I can't call it X. Um, I noticed because I really enjoy this on Monty's Twitter when you like change your little kind of like. Oh, my display name. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's God damn it. And I (laughs) laughed really hard. I was like, that's so silly. And I love it. God damn it. (laughs) Do you guys call them yams or do you call them sweet potatoes? I call them sweet potatoes. Me too. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Like sometimes, sometimes when people say yams, I'm like, wait, what are those? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so bizarre to me. Um, okay, so speaking of Twitter, um, and like I said earlier, you can find me on all the socials. Oh, hey, it's Shanna, and um, Monty is subtitled God Yam It. <laughs> yep, you can find me at Ferd Turgeson, F E R D underscore T U R G E S O N. And you can also find me on Fridays on Game On Show, uh, do a podcast called Last Call Lambo. It's really lighthearted. Everyone normally enjoys it that listens to it. That's and then, and then I'm on Twitter. Just my name. Nothing. Nothing fun like Monty, but just Nathan Marzian. N a t h a n m a r z i o n. Oh, and by the way, because my bosses will yell at me, I for, I always forget this. Um, you can of course check out the Green Bay Packers all the time on 97.3 The Game. We have all the games on there. You can listen on iHeartRadio if there's a station near you that has. You know, the Green Bay Packers radio network. Um, I do the halftime and the postgame reports as well for that. So um, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, go Paco. Go Paco. GPG.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.